The Tuffle Commute, Season 11, Episode 1, Exit, in which Lindsay and I discuss leaving the classroom, leaving the profession, and sadly, leaving the European Union. Are you ready? Let's go. Everybody and welcome to the TEFL Commute. This is a podcast for language teachers that's not about language teaching, but the topic always comes up. We are in season 11. I am one of your hosts, Lindsay Clanfield, and the other host, I think he's around here somewhere. Where are you? I'm over here. Hello, uh, I'm Sean. <laughs> Sean. Sean is over here. Uh, we're your hosts um, on the TEFL Commute. We take a topic each episode and we kind of explore around that topic on how it could relate to the profession or how it might not relate, but it's just something we wanted to talk about. Yeah, right? we, think, we think of a random word and see if we can fill some airtime with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. generally how, how we appro- approach this one. Uh, yep. But uh, uh, we did deliberately choose exit today. Uh, you might be listening to this uh, in February, but it is the 31st of January as we record, and therefore a very sad occasion for all of, uh, all of, uh, all of us that uh, like to be European and are British, which is kind of where the episode came from. But we'll get there later, I eh? uh, Yeah. Yes, we are approximately six hours away from sort of Brexit becoming a quite official thing. Starting, not ending. Starting, starting. (laughs) starting. Yes, yes. It's like an endless thing. Anyway, we'll come back to Brexit later, but we're taking as our topic today and our overall topic, the topic of exit, but we're looking at it broadly, like exit in the sense of like exit as in leaving or ending things. So we... I thought one of the first things that we're talking about, like ending and leaving and exiting, um, would be for teachers, like ways that we exit to the classroom or end our class, like like what we do just before the students leave the room. How do we usually end? I pack uh, my bag up and leave. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, and it's interesting because that's one of the things that I think I see teachers often struggle with is that kind of the ending part of the classroom, especially when like students are looking at the uh looking at the clock and they're beginning to put the bags and the books and the 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 pans away and stuff like that and usually unfortunately the teacher is just then probably getting into the final communicative activity so they're like i I know guys just just two more minutes i want you to just speak now it's time for you to share your holiday stories come on everybody come on everybody this is usually because (laughs) okay you tell me me no no, you you sound like me i'm like like the lesson ends and i'm like halfway through my lesson plan going ah exactly well i think that there's two reasons one is that we often like in lesson plans the 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 juicy bit the communicative is always at the end is always at the end and if a teacher isn't careful they spend it's very easy to get sort of like 
go down the rabbit hole of explaining just a wee bit too much the grammar or it's, have a student ask you too many questions or they take longer than you think but they it's would that take. bit as well where you always think oh, I, you, you played that little game of like have i got enough time haven't i got yeah. enough time there's, yeah. that, uh, there's an interesting one eye point. on the clock you've got one eye on the clock you're like do we do it do i not yeah, do, do, it? It. do we do it do we, yeah. do, do we not do it yeah. let's go for it and then you're like oh yeah. why did i do this yeah exactly and on the flip side there's always that amazing feeling and i don't know if you've had it where you finish the class they finish the activity you say okay that's it everybody you look at your watch you're dead on time and you see the students all look at their watches or phones kind of in a surprised way going, he's like, finished already. on time <laughs> yeah but they, but they they weren't looking they weren't uh, looking at the you time. Mean, that's the best feeling the, with the flow of it they were in the flow and the, so they're looking at their looking at their time devices and they're like oh it's it's already over oh great and they and that's just like the best feeling but um what ways have we found that you could end a classroom uh, if you have that last like two or three minutes or that you could plan it in ahead. What do you, what do you think, Sean? I, yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, as a teacher, I don't plan my endings. Not these days. I probably did as a beginning teacher, but I don't these days for the for the reasons we just outlined. I know I'm I know I'm not going to get there. You're you're so, like it ends when it ends. Yeah, it'll just. Be, <laughs> but I kind of as well, you know. Um, the classes I teach now, it's kind of wherever I stop, I'm just going to pick up the next day anyway. So, you know, it, it doesn't need yeah, that I formal ending. Yeah, I know. I, I like the formal ending myself, or the, I like the some kind of ritual ending. What um, I don't like is the, oh, I'm, I, what, I, what I don't like in myself and how to kick out myself was just like, if, it's like the next part of the lesson plan will be, okay, do that for homework. Because I kind of just always oh, yeah. felt that was a bad way to end the lesson. I do didn't finish speaking, my lesson on yeah, time. I didn't, so. yeah, no, we only got through half of the grammar exercise. Can you do the rest for homework and yes, read the yes. rest of the article as yeah, well, please? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm, you never talk about it again. I'm yeah. a terrible timekeeper, so please get me out of this hole. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. I, I mean, one of the things that I do like is th there are a couple of things. Uh, one, which I say is, is, is sort of what I recommend to new teachers. Another one is the kind of things that I did in the past, not so much recently, but definitely when I started teaching. The thing that I recommend is, I can't remember, I saw someone talk about it. It's like presentation advice, but you could say classroom advice, which is like, start by saying what you're going to do do it and then tell everyone what you did yeah <laughs> and and everyone likes that it's like so it's like it's it works so well i can see it when an effective presenter says okay we're going to talk about this this and this then they say this this and this and at the end they say we talked about this this and this and everyone's like oh good yeah you did excellent well then <laughs> oh is it, is it not even more is it is it not more student-centered to say to the to the class okay what did we do today yeah but uh, yeah, i've never liked that tell me one thing you learned today <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah yeah i learned that you're being a bit condescending to me I don't <laughs> did i really learn it i know you yeah. taught it but have i, I learned it <laughs> yes exactly i don't know i don't i prefer like i prefer the uh, a recap or in a quiz recap thing like okay everybody oh, you? close your books close your books everybody okay what uh you know what what, what is the uh past form of like like we we saw some past forms today what's the past form of this what's this what do we say about this can anyone like i don't mind that kind of thing like a short i, like, I see what you mean it's interesting because obviously in the in the research one we do for the episode almost all the websites i came across did did say end the lesson with a recap um i think that people like that it feels like you've it also kind of feels like you, you're accomplishing things i mean so, so, so it's all right as long as you do the recap but you don't want to say to the students what did you learn today no well if you say recap uh what 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 we did today is one thing what did you okay. learn today is that that's that i have problems with that um the other one that are I they the same 
No, you can do a whole bunch of stuff and not be sure that you learned it. Like we yeah, well, right, yeah, yeah, okay. Let yeah. me teach you trader. Right. <laughs> <laughs> learning um, and acquisition. Learning okay. versus acquisition. He starts <laughs> shouting into the void. Okay. okay um, so, uh, season eleven, and he's he's, he's off on one. Right. The other one that I did like doing at the end, little rituals, and I did this when I taught in Mexico, and I tried it in Spain. It just didn't work on Europeans as well. We used to finish always with a joke. There was always a joke at the end. And funny enough, you see how I, I don't like your jokes when you force me to listen to jokes. And and, and I don't know why. Sorry, you I don't like my jokes? Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I don't always appreciate your jokes as, as much as I should. Okay, um, if, but, you're a um, new li- if, if you're a new listener to The Double Commute, you might find in some of the previous episodes I have um, told a few jokes. Regaled us. Um, but, the, but I used to end with a joke. And with the beginner's, and this I don't do anymore at all. And I, I sometimes think I should go back to that because the beginners loved it, but it had to be a certain really? kind of group. We ended with a song. Like they would, they would say, they would be like a song that we, we would all sing. Like people would bring in songs and we'd sing it along with the music. So we'd put the song on, sing it's along. kind of like, I mean, I, um, to, going back to how we started, that takes a lot of planning into to get to that point, surely. It's yeah, not something you just go like. So maybe you could argue that I'm an under planner. <laughs> I, always, I always had that extra five, ten minutes at the end. But, they, but they're interesting there, I wonder how much you rushed uh, like before you became experienced. <laughs> got to get to the song. Got to get to the song, yeah. It's kind maybe, of like. Maybe. It's kind of that, I, almost like when you see, in, when you're watching uh, uh, people training to be teachers, so when they go, yeah. you know, we've got to get to the fun bit. You know, it's almost yeah. underplaying everything Actually, else. And maybe <laughs> I was doing that and down and, and sort of coming to an end again, cutting short the communicative thing to get to the final ritual, which is also possible. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't being critical. I just wonder how much we, yeah, we do that point. when you when you plan it into it. Um, BusyTeacher.com um, has seven ways to end a lesson, which are some of which I find a little bit bizarre. Okay. Um, so, what have you you said? What have you learned today? Which which, which you, you've already mentioned that one, which you've kind of talked about. But they, they, they put they say a performance activity for the last five minutes, i.e., a role play. You think really a role play? A role play for the last five minutes. Five minutes. For an yeah. English class? Yeah. <laughs> okay, everyone, you're at a shop. Try no. on different things and then, you know, no, I would not do that. No, I mean, um, maybe in a dramatic arts class, sure, but okay. It's kind of, yeah, but it's, it's almost like the communicative activity left you too, too short a time. And yeah. um, 60 second recap we talked about, uh, yeah. write an email. What? <laughs> well, I think that I think the idea is to write <laughs> yeah, an email to to yeah my business my business English class. Okay, we're finished. Everyone, write an email. Someone's like, I've been writing an email for the last twenty minutes while you weren't while you <laughs> yeah, were. Why you, you? <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. the, the more obvious, say goodbye. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, I guess yes. Uh, tidy up. Okay, yeah, for young learners, definitely that's an end class routine. I would definitely recommend. And uh, number seven, share something. Now, not this is not like share something you've learned. It share something like, have you seen the photo that I took yesterday? Oh God, yeah, like, oh yeah, check out this new app I have. Oh my God, oh wow, have, have I shown you my latest achievements on but, but do this in English, yeah. Um, yeah. As opposed okay. to the t- time but that would take up. That's a bit like the perform the role. Yeah, play. I for think English, that's like a long, it's like. I, and then you go over to the secondary school and you go to like in times educational stuff and something like, and of course we'll, we'll share these links on the, on our, on the show notes. Uh, but there's a, there's an article on, on the times educational supplement website, which is called, and I, I think the title put me off, it's called five ways to end a lesson in the proper way. And it's just kind of like the proper way. One, <laughs> right. finish what a lesson proper? early. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Finish a lesson early. Uh, Two, yeah. silence is golden. <laughs> oh, wait. oh, 
this is the Times Education from 1954, perhaps? <laughs> exactly. Is that what you that's, found that's, it? That's Sorry, the article is, is a couple of years old, but nevertheless. But yeah, they're the first two things on that. And you just think, what? And then the last piece of advice in that, in that list, I'm not going to go through them all, is never leave the room before the students. Oh. Well, this, this does sound very much boarding school. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Eaton way. <laughs> it's kind of right. I find, if, if you're happy with my websites, I found another one. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, here we okay, go. go for it. Uh, so this is a website which I actually think is really interesting. Uh, it's called usingenglish.com, and they've got lots of classroom languaging for finishing classes, which, which okay, cool, quite cool. interesting. You know, different things. Well, that's good. Like, yeah, that's also good for teachers who want to, like, vary the way. Yeah, they, things. yeah but then yeah. There, there's kind of some reflective questions at the bottom. Okay. Uh, so, um, so what phrases are, are unsuitable for an age range that you are teaching? So can you think of a, of a, of a goodbye phrase that's unsuitable for any age? I was, I was sat there looking at the Unsuitable. List. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, see like, you later, pal. I don't know. I can't. I can't even I can't. that, like, see you later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, do you, like, do you, well, I guess that leads into: Do you like do you like slangy expressions like "tatulator"? Is that a good way to end a class? I, I don't think there's any problem with that, depending on who you're teaching, and like it, that 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 seems fine if it seems natural for you to say. I mean, I suppose it's like, "Hey, catch you later, jerks, kiss <laughs> yeah, my <I> butt," <laughs> like that. No, but I mean. I don't know. Like, uh, like no, I mean, there's no right or wrong. These are just thinking points. I just think they're interesting questions. And okay, maybe, uh, give me I another one. Uh, so let's have another one then. How could you explain the difference between "see you then" and "see you then"? I was putting a, a comma in the second one. So, "see you then" and "see you then." Oh, like so, "see you then." Yeah, like, I'll see you at that time, and then "see you then" being used as an adverbial modifier for the whole phrase, meaning like. There you go. Of you been writing again? <laughs> I've been now. I've been doing some bloody grammar training. Okay. Ah, uh, so, I see. Um, my, yeah. one, one more then. What do you think about choral greetings? You know, like when you walk into the class and Good morning, morning teacher. Bye, <laughs> teacher. I don't. I. 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 This. I don't know. I've never been a big fan of those. But, but you, you'll, you'll do a song with your class, but you won't I do will. choral greetings? No, 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 no. I've never been. But but I do think some students are. And I I do think there's something, again, about the choral nature of like things. Like, like you know, just like in church or at football stadiums or at things like that. Like a call-response thing. Sometimes people, some people really like that. But I, the kind of like all the students standing up and saying, goodbye, teacher, feels to me sort of... You're more of a my captain, my captain, yeah. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> All right. All right. Should we? Uh, should we take a break? Let's take a break. And we're back. Uh, this is the Tuffel commute, and um, we have been talking about the topic of exit. But at the first part of our our show, we only talked about like exiting or ending a class, like what you do before you exit the classroom and before students exit the classroom. So we were stretching it a little bit there. Here, now we're going to be moving up from the classroom to, this is something that we've often wanted to talk about, um, exiting your career, like leaving... leaving exiting the TEFL profession so leaving the the profession of teaching and who listening to this hasn't often thought or hasn't once thought what what would it be like what's life like after teaching english is there life after teaching english can i leave this profession uh, or <laughs> am i, I doomed jk rowling that's about rowling am, <laughs> am, am i doomed to stay 
Um, and well, I think, Lindsay, at your age, mate, I think you're doomed to stay. You've been in it quite oh, a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think both of us are doomed to stay. I think yeah, we are I think lifers. I think we're lifers. I, I have served like what would be considered a life sentence in many countries already, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. in this, right? But um, I mean, yes, there are several examples of people, a very popular uh, or sort of very successful people who taught English at one point. I remember I had a collection of, of writers who taught English. Uh, so writers and s- songwriters. So J.K. Rowling is obviously the famous one. J.R. Tolkien taught English. Alice Huxley, Brave New World, he taught English. So did, so did Bob Geldof. Bob Geldof taught English in Spain, in very, just around the corner from where, from where I live. All right, but not on Mondays, presumably. Uh, exactly. And um, uh, I had a friend who, who said he worked at the school where uh, Bob Geldof said, and they just said that, that Bob Geldof was, was filthy. <laughs> but I don't know, what, don't know what they meant by that. Um, also, uh, Nick, uh, what's it? Nick Hornby. I have another colleague who worked with Nick Hornby, author of High Fidelity and About a Boy, who worked with him in London. He was an English teacher in London. Oh, okay. So, 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 so what you're saying is a natural progression from EFL or is into uh, writing. I suppose, but maybe there are what other things might there be? I've always um, remember, I always remember many, many years ago, a friend of mine was, was, was kind of in this dilemma to get out of, of whether to get out of teaching or not. And I think I can't remember quite where, but he, he went to something like the job center or the, or to get some careers advice and to which the, the guy said, what do you do? He said, oh, I'm in the EFL. He said, so basically you're unskilled and unqualified then. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was this, I, I found this one thread, which actually was really, I, I, sometimes it was like, it's like, it's on Reddit. Um, All right. So the kind of comment or whatever internet place where, some funny stuff happens and lots of terrible things happen, but they have a, the Reddit on TEFL. Um, there's one which uh, one thread called what do people do when they're done teaching abroad? And uh, it just was kind of interesting because I was trying to find examples. I was like, okay, let me see examples of what people have done when they're finished teaching. And of course, like, I guess really successful people uh, and like, I mean, famous, yes, you might know, but otherwise I don't, you, you lose track of them if you're staying and teaching. And so I don't know what they did. Yeah. Well, I guess actually though, I mean, when you think about it, as you said, we're lifers, but many people aren't in the first place. They come in for a no. few they you, come in no. for a few years and everything like that. A colleague yeah. of mine said it's often a very, it could be considered a very young profession, especially if you think of like the native speaker going off and teaching for a year or two. Yeah. Anyway, the, fir- the first response to this thread, what do people do when they're done teaching abroad, is, says, I'm lying awake in bed having a crisis about this right now, and it's keeping <laughs> me awake. I'm keen to see responses, LOL. Um, and then, of course, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So, like, like here, here are some of the positive kind of things that people say. You know, like it says that if you've been teaching English and leave to do something else, uh, the, the skills that you've acquired is that you should be adaptable, culturally aware, able to work independently, good communicative skills, maybe has picked up another language. And I'm like, oh, that's good. That's good. And then, and then, uh, and then, um, and then other people come around and say, it means nothing. It's like, you're, you're unhirable. If you stay in teaching longer, like into your thirties, then you're done. Oh you my word that I'm in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, other things that people have said, um, coordinating programs in refugee resettlement. Um, often people kind of falling into jobs, close to where they were teaching so like people like living in germany teaching in businesses and then working in the business as a consultant or for the business itself like you know doing whatever their marketing or human resources or whatever you know they they move into the to the business that they were there 
Okay. Yeah. No, I, that makes sense. I can understand because you get, yeah, you become an expert in in, a, in that language and that culture and have other skills that come across. So it makes makes perfect sense. Yeah. I actually was thinking of there's a, there is another kind of exit in this, which is slightly off that. And you, there is a there's the exiting of teaching and moving into kind of academic management or teacher training. That's true. So if you look at exit, like I was thinking of exiting ELT as a whole. Yes, I know you are. Yeah, yeah. Getting of the whole thing. But you're right. We are, and, and you and I have often talked about career paths in ELT if you're getting burnt out from the classroom and want to try something else. So there's management. There's, of course, there's writing. There's training. There's... Oh, but I think, it, I think, I mean, you can actually look at it, look at that as sometimes as, a, as a, an exit. It's quite a big upheaval moving from, say, a, a, a full-time teaching timetable into academic management, and especially if you stay in the same place where the people where you, that your colleagues are suddenly your uh, uh, line manager of. There's a, you know, there's, 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 it's, I think it's akin to some kind of exiting the profession and there's some similarities in, in it in that way. But it is a, yeah. a side point. Let's, let's I mean, some, yeah. And of course, I I mean, I don't want to dwell on this because there is so much negative stuff in these kind of comment threads on the internet, but lots of this kind of thing. And I think this comes back to what you were saying or what lots of people view the teaching is, you know, don't waste two years of your life monkeying around in front of children unless it's going to help your career. Don't waste your precious breath. Get a marketable skill before you go abroad to teach. So as we know, if you stay in the profession, it's a very worthwhile and fulfilling profession to be in. Exactly. I think a lot of these people are also talking about like doing a stint, like one year in China thing or in Japan. A lot of these are Americans and stuff like that. Um, A lot of kind of stuff as well of like, you know, English teachers are unemployable, but I'm not really, I'm not really sure about that. I think that you, I think, I mean, let, if nothing else, if you do learn another language, that could also help, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I do know some people who are teachers who did get into good writing jobs, not as materials writing, but in like, and not m- fictional writing, but like business writing and marketing and working, writing like, writing, uh, like lots of like writing, business writing stuff is can be really lucrative. Like the person who in, in the business who's responsible for writing the press releases, who's responsible for writing, um, you know, like marketing, uh, well, yeah, well, you, I mean, copy and things like that. Yeah. I mean, those kind of uh, teachers are, a, are good at standing up in front of public and speaking. That, uh, and two, that they, they should have a handle on the language. So yeah, you know, they so, are able to grade their, they're, they're able to grade their language if they're any good. And they're also able to make something, clear and this is a friend of mine who ended up doing that for like a tech company who needed some people to kind of help make their stuff like intelligible and 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 make sense including to people whose first language wasn't english and in that case he has his skills really fit there mm. we're getting all serious I want, are, to end, I want to end this part on a little happy note where i want all of you sean i want you to think of this and I'm maybe thinking, our listeners I'm to thinking. think of this so we're, we're, when we look at like how you might leave or end your career in ELT, yeah. So like how you'd finish, even if it meant retiring or like whatever, toppling over at the end. And let's compare this to endings of stories, like right. the ending of a story or a film, right? So I went in, as I was looking at exits and endings, I came across a whole bunch of stuff on like fictional exits and fictional endings, and they there's like kind of four uber type of endings which will dictate 
what the story is like, right? So like, you know, like you have a different kind of ending. So how do you think this ties in? And I'm, I'm, I, am I stretching this metaphor to breaking point? Talking it, about it sounds like it already, but, uh, but All right, but I'm going to go for it. I don't care. Continue. I'm yeah. going for it. I'm going for it. Okay. I, I so think I might have is, to bring jokes into this episode too. <laughs> so, so the first is the comedy. So your career has been a comedy, but you get the happy, happy ending. In this, you achieve your goal and the main character, you, uh, ends up better off in the end. So that's the happy ending. And that's sort of like, uh, so, so for, for many comedies, like classic comedies. So uh, everything is good. You've achieved your goal. You achieved whatever you wanted to do. You changed the children's lives or your learner's life. That many more people speak English or you trained a million teachers or you wrote your course <laughs> book and you are better off in the end. So that's it's a ride off in the sunset kind yes. of ending. Right, all right. Yes, so that's the happy ending. Right. Number two is if your career in ELT has been a tragedy. That means, in story terms, you fail to achieve your goal and you end up in a worse state in the end. Yeah. And I think this is what lots of those bitter teachers are kind of worried about, that their ending is going to be a tragedy. You know, like, yeah. I, should, I shouldn't have done this. I've always come. Now, what about this one, though? <laughs> the commie tragedy, the comical tragedy in which you achieve your goal but you are worse off. So you have taught, you've, you've achieved the pinnacle at the school. Like you became the director of studies or, or you got the job. At the you, you have to give you a pound of flesh to do it. Or, or, or you wrote the course book that you wanted to write, or you, or you, uh, I don't know, or you, you, I don't know, whatever it was you were aiming to <laughs> it's do. It's your metaphor. <laughs> you did, but you end up worse off. So this right. is sort of like, you realize like, you know, this is like dropping to you and he's like, no, like you thought, you know, I, I thought this was all going to be. Because when you, when you discover the Statue of Liberty in the beach kind of thing. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> and then the tragedy comedy, is this, is this your career tragedy comedy, where you fail to achieve the goal, but you actually end up better off? Hmm. So now you want me to say which one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess what, what I want to do is I'd want to interview a bunch of teachers at the end of their careers as they're leaving ELT and say, so tell me, what, what ending do you think you have for yourself? Or what ending have you written for yourself? <laughs> I don't know. Have I stretched the metaphor? Do we need another break? Uh, personally, I think you've stretched the metaphor. <laughs> so um, I, think, um, I think James might have to come in and save us with, uh, with uh, this little thing in this break, I think. Okay. Dear listener, this episode may be about all types of exit, but now it's time for the arrival of your jargon buster, here to talk about the biggest exit of all, Brexit. But worry not, I'm not going to regale you with stories of trade agreements and how they will affect the ELT sector. I'll let Sean and Lindsay do that in a minute. No, I want to talk about the actual word itself, Brexit, made up of two words, British and exit squashed together uncomfortably into a new word. It's that squashing that I want to talk about. The creation of a new word from two others. Portmanteaus. The name portmanteau originally referred to a suitcase, and it was this analogy that Lewis Carroll used in Alice Through the Looking Glass, when Humpty Dumpty says, you see, it's like a portmanteau. There are two meanings packed up into one word. Of course, he was referring to the words slithy, meaning slimy and lithe, and mimsy from miserable and flimsy, which can be found in the teacher trainer's favourite poem, Jabberwocky. And now there are portmanteaus 
all around us, from brand names like Netflix, from internet and flicks, meaning movies, to the names of countries, where Tanzania comes from the amalgamation of Tanganyika and Zanzibar. Maybe you studied in Oxbridge, Oxford and Cambridge, and eat brunch, breakfast and lunch, with a spork, spoon and fork. So, as you've probably noticed, portmanteau is a French word, but interestingly, by the time we English speakers were using it to refer to a suitcase, it had become a false friend and meant coat hook in French. So nowadays, the French call portmanteau words mot valise, literally suitcase word, a back translation from English. As English teachers, we might notice the similarity with contractions, but unlike portmanteaus, these are found in words that often belong together and compound words like starfish and blackbird, but in these, there's no truncation happening. So that brings us to the end of another jargon buster. And I think I deserve serious credit for managing to do a feature about Brexit without it being relentlessly depressing. I think I'll let Sean and Lindsay do that. Good luck, fellas. Until next time, this is your Jargon Buster. Ah, oh, it's been a long time since we've had one of those. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, we did say we we're going to bring back some of the old things. And, uh, yes, Jargon, and the Buster, Jargon Buster was one. Yeah. So is this a time when I should say, I'll get my coat? Because it was port, it was port, portmanteau words. Oh my gosh, it's like a Freaky Friday episode here. I'm the one. Really, jokes and and stretch metaphors. It's like it's supposed to be a new season, and like, hey, and it's like, all right. Well, here's here's something. So so let's get happy. Let's let's hear something to wipe a smile off your face, then, John. We're now approximately what five and a half hours from five and a half hours. Brexit becoming uh, starting. Starting, starting, whatever. I'm not having any of this. I don't know. There's, there's all this. Yeah, it's starting. So uh, I don't know. Like, it's an official thing happening. We're on January 31st, 2020. And uh, so this is, this is. Bre- and the world Brexit. is a miserable place. Now, one of the things that we wanted to do at this part of the thing, but it could, we weren't able to, is we, we wanted to interview somebody in the ELT sector business to talk about what they think or what they're seeing happening already in terms of like how does brexit affect english language teaching and now that interview fell through and i think lots of people are probably sort of saying maybe it's too early to tell there's a lot yeah, of i think that's i think happening. Knows. that's the problem uh what's gonna yeah i mean i have done some research on this stuff which is which is interesting i mean of course it's none of it's i haven't found any good news i'm afraid um <sighs> But, uh, for example, I mean, so just to put everybody in perspective, in 2016, there was a referendum. Uh, Britain voted to leave the European Union for the past four years. That process has been sort of wrestled over and debated and so on and so forth until everyone is highly sick of it. And now we've got to the part where they're supposed to be officially beginning to leave. Um, what has affected English language teaching so far? We're not sure. Um, I, I haven't found um, figures yet, but uh, but there are like there are the, the figures that we have. For example, is um, English the UK is still one of the world's top ELT destinations. So um, uh, there were more than five hundred thousand. I've got this figures here from the 
ELT sector from the ICEF monitor. I'm not sure what that is. I'd have to look at it again. But um, the impact, uh, the economic impact of the ELT sector in Britain alone is valued at 1.4 billion pounds. Yeah, and students accounted for students from European Union accounted for 50% of enrolments in ELT classes. Yeah, I can, I, you just can't imagine that's going to uh, no. keep up in the future. I mean, this year's yeah. is going to change. That's why I keep saying Brexit's starting, because uh, basically we did all, all that happens tonight is that we're no longer yeah. in the European Union, but nothing changes for, until the end no. of the year. And that's what they're essentially saying. They're saying that nothing will change. However, you're living in Britain, living in one of the countries that sends lots of people. So I live in Spain. What was interesting is that in 2016, 2017, um, lots of Spanish people started, well, not I mean, we started seeing news stories, so I don't know if lots of people, but definitely on the news, we'd start seeing stories of like, well, maybe it's not the right time to send your children mm. to study English in England. Um, and so there were lots of these kind of like stories like, oh, uh, kids saying, oh, yeah, people called me names in the street and they don't want us here and all this kind of stuff. So there's, there's been that kind of stuff happening in Spain. And I would imagine, therefore, in other countries as well, like I'd imagine Italy and certainly Eastern European countries, sort of like maybe it's not the best place to go to learn English now. Whether or not that's having an effect is less left to be seen. What I did notice as well is I've been in two other countries, one where I heard the actual Minister of Education make a very big deal about this. Um, I was in Australia, and they couldn't stop rubbing their hands about Brexit because they were saying, this is opportunity for us. Mm. And they were beginning to invest in... Um, you know, outreach for English language people, uh, English language lessons. Now, Australia is pretty far. So like, I'm thinking of like a working class. Well, I think, I think the, the Irish are probably doing the same, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> and Irish was the other one. And there was a third one, a third European country that was looking at doing that. Can you guess what it was? Not Ireland. Uh, sorry, a third, a second European country. Spain. Where no, where English is an official language. All oh, right. Uh, <laughs> and it's sunny. Uh, Malta. Yes. So Malta, I also had been, had been um, talking to people in the Maltese ELT sector. They, they were saying they were thinking this is opportunity for us. Like this is a, could be a very big opportunity again, but I haven't heard much else about that. What about you? You live in Oxford. What are, what are people saying there about? Well, we live in, I live in one of the most remaining places in, in, yeah, uh, in but the, what about the effects that they think it might have? It's interesting. I, it's like, it, um, it's interesting the, in the weekly, I work at the university. So there's a weekly email comes out from the chancellor, vice chancellor. It's very interesting. Yeah. The, the, the email that came out saying today, like we're all still part of, you know, to our European students and things that, you know, we're still all friends and, and that I, it's, it's in with teachers that I, uh, I was able to, I teach uh, English and I also teach teachers here. A number of the teachers are like, well, you know, you don't want to, so I'm never coming back again. This is my last year here. And I think one of the effects that the one of the knock effects with things like Erasmus and stuff like that will affect, uh, well, you know, we'll, from that point of view, we'll lose people. I think, um, uh, it'd be interesting to see, I'll be intrigued to see what the knock-on effect this summer will be on people coming to the like the, the university summer schools uh, yeah. and how much that will have because it'll be the first year of it, um, despite the fact, obviously, that things won't have changed particularly. Yes. But I, but that negative attitude that you talked about, I feel that growing. And, it's you know, that's pretty much whenever we get a, group, a new group of um, teachers coming over to be trained, that all they want to talk about is Brexit. So, you know, it's... Yeah, um, yeah. I can imagine it would be frustrating. I, I mean, the, the other thing is, again, on the other side of the channel from you, um, you have all the British English teachers 
who are well i think yeah for the private that, language I mean, there's so much uncertainty, isn't there? Yeah. You know, I remember living in the Czech Republic. I remember when, it, obviously, was working there while we were EU, but the rules were so much easier and getting residency and stuff because I was an EU person. So, and you know, and it was difficult to employ the these third sector countries. Is that what they're called, third sector countries, because of the extra visa requirements? So, Britain is about to be, well, most likely to become one of those. So, I can't imagine that's a that's going to be fun for language schools trying to get. Um, to employ British teachers. But then again, I guess that makes opportunity for world languages and, and, and world English. I suppose if we touch on other things, yes, it could also means this is the non-native teachers. Yeah, exactly. Time, no, so, so where all these things are happening, maybe others see sort of uh, advantages. I mean, obviously there's, and I think it may also have an effect on the number of people thinking, well, I don't know, thinking of doing teaching English as a career path or as a as a gap year thing. But yeah. since they would be doing it in Asia or anything anyway, I don't, you know, it just... It's interesting uh, well, in the long term um, to see whether the European Union keeps English as an official language as well, because it doesn't need to now, does it? That's true. Although it says it will for the time read, being. Uh, yeah, it says it will for the time being. But again, then you have the, the, the French just ready to say, yes, we've been saying this for ages. Let's make it French. <laughs> so. But on the other hand, I mean, I know where you live in Spain. You do get a lot of uh, expats, uh, British expats coming out there. So that must be a bonus for you because they're, apparently they're dropping off already. So <laughs> yeah. Yes. Less, 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 less Brits uh, over here in Spain, perhaps. Although that would mean that maybe like a, a favorite curry shop of mine might close down. Oh, I see. Did, did yeah. Just yeah. point out, just because we've been doing portmanteau, don't forget we're also dealing with Mexit here as well. So oh, gosh, not, yes. Not, and as a Canadian, I, I, as a Canadian, I'm dealing with Megentry. Oh, Megentry. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hentry. Hegmentary. Oh, so yes, this is right. Harry and Meghan leaving yeah, leaving but, Britain and going to Canada. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, no, uh, we, we're not in the European Union. Our royals are falling apart. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, shall uh, we we'll, end then with a? Say, with will a, we make it to season two? <laughs> yeah, sorry, episode season two. twelve. Yeah. Episode twelve. <laughs> season two. Episode two. All right. Let's end though on a nice note. Um, and I found this as a lighter thing. If we're feeling depressed about uh, Brexit. Or ecstatic about Brexit, if any of I don't I doubt any of our listeners are ecstatic about Brexit, but maybe there are some. Um, but let's let, end on a lighter note of uh, a, a languagey type note about Brexit, and it's a funny thing I, I heard, and I'm going to you're doing jokes again. It's not a, well, sort of a joke. It's like I'm going to I'm going to test you on a bunch because Brexit, of course, is a new was like a formation of like two words, Britain and exit. But the original thing before Brexit, there was something else. What was the one before Brexit? What are you talking about? Uh, the country that was... Oh, with- you mean Brexit? Yes. So oh, it started... I, I know. I, I worked out where you were coming from. Amazing. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> did I go too quickly? No. Um, sorry. <laughs> so Grexit was the term that... Uh, so fears that Greece would leave the Eurozone gave the term Grexit. And so then Britain gave the term Brexit. And then sometimes we, there was like rumors when France would leave that would be Frexit. But um, this was a language article that said, you know, like, if it continued this way, every EU country may need its own term. Uh-huh. The exit structure doesn't always work. Like, for example, you can't say Itala exit. That just sounds bad, right? Yeah. So here's a list of possible names for exits for every country in the union. And I'm going right. to, I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to tell you the country. I'm going to ask you to guess what their, their exiting name would be. And then I'll tell you what th- these clever people came up with. Okay. okay? Right. I'm ready. So Austria. Oh, can't be Austria exit. No, that doesn't, 
No, but in in JBOI, what is it? Ossic. Ossic. No, no, no. No, what is it? Austria. Austria. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, Belgium. They can't have Brexit. Blexit. Brexit. (laughs) Belexit, no. Belexit. No, no. this was Belgium. Belgium. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I actually laughed at something. All right. Uh, uh, Okay, Czech Republic. Checks it. Yeah, checks it works, but I like their better one. Check out. Uh, or check off. Of course, they're check here these days, so it doesn't really work. Yeah. Okay. Mm, right. Check here. Uh, okay. Estonia. Uh, Esta la Vista, baby. Um, that kind of voice. <laughs> Estonia. Estonia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Um, uh, France. Frexit. Frexit or Frorevar. Frorevar. Jesus. See, it gets crazier and crazier. Okay, how about um, uh, Ireland? I, 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 they put me out of misery. Okay, Retireland. Oh, my God. Italy. Please, stop. Italy is is quitterly, quitterly. You've been and I'm going to say, I'm going to say, you're not, yeah. oh yeah, Malta. Malta's worked. You almost had it with another one, but it works with Malta. Is there a Mexit? No. No. Ma, 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 I can't remember. Malta La Vista. Malta La Vista. Oh, I was close. All right. Poland. I Stop it. Enough. <laughs> Pol- <laughs> Poland is Noland. Or Please. with Drawsaw. All right. <laughs> with draw, with draw saw. And the last one. The last one. Last one. The last one is my favorite one. For Hungary. Maggie. No. Maggie. Did I go? No. Full. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so we're back. Uh, and yes, yes. If you if you just joined us and uh, you've this is your first episode, welcome. And hopefully you'll come back to the second episode. Honestly, I'll control Lindsay next time. I promise. Um, <laughs> so Lindsay, nice to have you back again. Uh, okay, I think. <laughs> I'm back. Yes, yeah, good. You know, right. So if you are new to uh, listening and you don't know about us, then we're the Tuffle Commute, and you can find us all over the place. So obviously, you've listened to this by downloading us from iTunes or Podomatic or Spotify. You can find us on Facebook, where we always appreciate your comments and suggestions. We're now also on Instagram at Tuffle Commute Pod. So uh, James has obviously been a bit busy. So everywhere you could probably find us, we're there. Portugal is Portugal. Oh, will you? <laughs> and in, uh, and um, inspired by the European MEPs, I think we should finish like this. So goodbye. Thanks, See everyone. to an end, here's an activity you can take into class. 
at the end of class explained that you're going to give a special dictation to test listening skills. The students have to listen carefully and do every action you say. Begin with an example. Lift your right hand in the air. Once everyone has the idea, continue. Pick up your pen with your right hand. Put your pen away. Pick up your books with both hands. Put your books away. Stand up. Turn to the person next to you. Say, it was nice to see you today. Say, see you next class. Take your bags. Turn and look at me. Say goodbye. When the students all say goodbye, say goodbye to them and indicate that the class is finished by picking up your things, for example. You've been listening to The TEFL Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your podcast player of choice and by visiting us at tefelcommute.com. I was going to keep going. Yeah, uh, Sweden, Sweden is Sweden. Uh, <laughs> Sweet dessert. Uh, can I stop recording?